Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. Here today, Elizabeth, can you come back up here on the keys for a few minutes? Yeah, I'm not ready to preach yet, so I just I just like a little bit of music behind me. All right, do you guys have a nice Christmas? I had a good Christmas. Do you know that I literally stayed? This is a big deal for me. I think I stayed at the house for two solid days. Now, I left for like ten minutes, but I was at my house for two solid days. It was pretty good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was it was an awesome time. But I want to want to disagree. All of you guys who are here, so many of you have told me you're on the road, and I know that you're on the e community today. I uh, just want to greet you. We've had several glitches in the e community uh, stream right now. So on the City Life app, they're showing a service from weeks ago, and then like people are getting like, ah, we don't know what that's about. But uh, but but if you're on YouTube and Facebook, we want to welcome you. Thank you for for being here with us today, and I'm just grateful for our church family who makes ministry happen here on a regular basis. You guys, I really, really appreciate you. I do. So first thing I'm going to do, I, but I'm going to have you go ahead and look up some passages in your Bible. I have three passages for today, and I'm going to ask you to put those on the screen, Titus 2.11, Matthew 28.19, and Hebrews 12.1. Now, leave that up there for a while, give you a chance to find them. We're going to uh, look at those scriptures in that order here in just a few minutes, but I want to talk to the church family here for just a minute. That's those of you who are here, those of you who are in the e-community, uh, I, I want to thank you for demonstrating commitment to make Jesus known. I, uh, I asked the team, to said, can you just pull together the names of the people who have contributed over, just contributed to this ministry to help make it just, you've served and given and over the past few weeks during this holiday season. And I thought, I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to just read names this morning. Now, I, I, I decided to cut the time in half. I'm just going to read first names and it's going to be rapid fire. Now, there are several first names that have like their duplicate first names. So we don't know which one we're talking about. So on some of those, we'll have like a first letter of the last name. And then there are those who have, have like the duplicate last name, first level letter. So I give you two letters on those. So it's going to be a little fun here. They put these in, alpha, in an alphabetical order. Now, now, I do know this though, and if you're watching or if you're in here and, and I don't read your name, it's because it just happened somewhere. And there's a huge danger in doing this. The, the danger is you're going to leave somebody's name out, and I can guarantee some names are left out somehow, but that doesn't mean you weren't noticed or, uh, or, or whatever. But it just I just want to say thank you, and I wish I could just say thank you to every one of you personally, individually, but this is how I'm going to do it right now. So are you ready? Okay. These, these people really have just demonstrated commitment over this holiday season, the past few weeks. And uh, let's do it. Ablin, I just talked to you online. Good to see you in the e-community. Adam, Adrian, Alex R, Alex T, Alexandria, Alexis. Lots of Alex names in the church. Allison, Amanda, Amber, Angelina, Anthony, Ashley C, Ashley R, Ashton, Austin, uh, Barbie, Ben J, Betsy, Bo, Brian Brooke, Bruce, Caitlin, L, Caitlin, N, Cameron, Chris C, Chris S, Christine, Cindy, Cody, Cynthia, Daniel, Daryl, Dash, Dave, David, Devin, DJ, Dominic, and Donna, and Eliza, and Elijah, and Elizabeth, and Elliot, and Emily, and Essa, and Evan, and Garrett, and Gloria, Glory, not I, which is Glory. Helena, Holly, Hunter, uh, Ian, Isabella, Jack, Jacob, Jake, 
James C, James S, Jana, Jasmine, Jaden, Jeremy, Jesse, Jim, Joe, Joel B, Joe C, Joel H, lots of Joels, uh, Jordan, Josh, John, Josue, Joy, Judy, Katie, Ann, Kaylee, Krisha, Crystal, Kristen C.A., Kristen S., Kristen C.L., Kyle Landon S.C., Kyle and Landon S.C., Landon S.H., Levando, Layla, Levi, Liam, Lindsay H., Lindsay N., Little James S., Marcus, Mary, Matthew, Maxine, Megan H., Megan V., Michael, Myra, Nerva, Nick, Nicole, Paige, Pam, Paola, Peggy, Peyton, Randy, Rebecca, Richard A., Richard E., Ryder, Sarah, Sela, Shana, Spencer, Stephanie, Stephen, Tara, Thomas S., Tiffany, Tim C., TJ, <laughs> Tyler E., Tyler J., Vince, Whitney A., Whitney R., Zion, and I don't know, because we actually included the names of the children who were on the platform, who, who did the, the platform ministry in here, and I don't know if we had their names in here. In fact, I think a couple of them we didn't. So see, I told you I'd miss names, uh, but but I, I just, really the big deal here is I just want to say thank you for making Jesus known. All of us together doing our part, being consistent, serving, whether you're here or they're in the e-community or however you're doing it, I just want to say thank you so much and I want to pray blessing over you right now. Come on, just receive this. God, I pray blessing over every person who's connected to this church. I pray for those who are who have not only sown seed in, in this ministry and who has contributed to this ministry over the past few weeks and it's just let their gifts just be so uh, shining and brilliant for the cause of Christ. God, I pray that you will uh, continue to bless them, not only now, but into this next year. That the, that the time and the hours or even the offerings and, and the energies that they put forth, that that will be a seed that will produce fruit in the days ahead. And God, we choose to also keep sowing seed in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, Today's message is called One Hope, One Calling, One Word. Get that down. Three uh, three little segments there, one hope, one calling, one word. Those are actually the three points of my message. I never preach three-point messages except today. And it just kind of happened that way. But this is an end-of-the-year focus, and it's time for us to do some spiritual and, and house cleaning in many ways. Uh, I also just want to thank you guys who are on the e-community for, uh, for being with us. We've been doing some analytics, and, uh, and my team is, is saying that, that anywhere between 75 to 80 percent of the people who are with us in, in church during the week actually come through the e-community. And so this, we're, we're just continuing to see so, so many of you, and I know you're there, and I know you're watching. I just want to say God bless you, and in advance, I'm going to go ahead and say Happy New Year, all right? Uh, don't forget next Sunday, a vision for 2021 is going to be my sermon. You need to hear this. Uh, also, Heart for the House pledges. Jordan mentioned it already, but please go ahead and get those wrapped up today, if at all possible. Let's end this year well, all right? In fact, use this week. My challenge is use this week so that your focus for 2021 will be refined, all right? And uh, my process for this whole thing started on December 1st. I do that each year, and December 1st is when I kind of dive in. December 1st is kind of like my January 1st. So I I jump in on December 1, and I begin to think and plan and and, and write things out so, so that the new year doesn't take me off guard. And I just encourage you to at least take this week to do so. 
Some of you need to walk around with just maybe a little notebook or, or a little notepad or something where you can jot things down because I believe as a result of what, what's being launched today, God's going to be speaking to you today about this coming year. And, and I challenge you to not let life just happen to you. Don't just let life happen to you. Don't, don't, don't do that. Uh, you know what? You, I, you, you, need to, you need to allow the Spirit of God to speak to you. You follow the move of the Holy Spirit. You're directed by the Spirit of God, and you're not directed and driven by emotions. Emotions lie to us, right? Emotions tell us, oh, life is hard. Nobody loves me. It's, it's terrible. And, and we put ourselves down. We beat ourselves down. And that's actually an enemy to everything that God wants to do in our lives. And my encouragement, again, is don't listen to your emotion. Listen to what the Spirit says. And I'm going to give you some spiritual directives today to help focus your faith. And these are three spiritual directives. And they all start with the word one. And this first one it just is bursting in my heart. This really started around, uh, oh, the 1st of November, began just burning in my heart. And that is this terminology right here, one hope, one hope. Can I tell you something, guys? Jesus is coming soon. It's called the blessed hope, the blessed hope. That's the truth. Jesus is coming soon. And Christmas, that's a celebration of his first coming. In fact, there are this, there's a tradition that a lot of people follow. It's called Advent, and, and they kind of count down the 25 days till Jesus, his first, uh, first arrival be- happened. And, of course, the dates, we, we know that's all not exactly accurate, but let's still celebrate, okay? But, but we are also to look forward to the time when Jesus is coming again. That's called the blessed hope. Now, Look in your Bible in Titus 2.11. Get that and hold that because the Apostle Paul is talking to uh, a pastor by the name of Titus there. He's a pastor of the church at Crete. Uh, Crete is a Greek island. Wouldn't you love to pastor on a Greek island? I just might do that. But, uh, but I, I, I like Fort Worth. But, but he's pastoring the, the whole church on the Greek island. So there would have been smaller churches, I guess you could say, but he pastored. It was one big church. So this Greek island is about oh, 3,300 square miles, about the size of like Maine or South Carolina. So it's a pretty good chunk of property. And he would, he would pastor the entire congregation on Crete. And, uh, and what, what, what Paul was writing to him in the book of Titus, it's a great book. Go ahead and read it. A lot of people just ignore Titus like that has a weird name and, and what's that there for? Well, Paul's writing to him about how to pastor his church. And so you may not be a pastor, but you may be a small group leader. You may lead people and, and you may lead a family and there's truth in there for you. But I want to take a section of this right here because there's a lot of good teaching in here. One of the things that Paul talks about in here is something called the blessed hope. The blessed hope. He also talks about how we're supposed to live. The blessed hope is the return of Jesus, okay? But he talks about how we're supposed to live and what we're supposed to do to prepare for Christ's return. And uh, before we take a look at this, just, just get this in your heart. Jesus is coming soon, guys. He is. Nobody knows the day. Nobody knows the hour. But I'm telling you, it will come. It could be today. 
It could be before this service is over. That'd be fun, people watching live streams of that happening. I would like that, all right? Uh, except the people who are watching the live stream, hopefully they've already given their lives to Christ, and then, yeah, we wouldn't want them to see a bunch of people disappearing. That would not be good. That, that's kind of like, the, no, we don't want that. So, so what we really want is for you to, to make sure your life is right with Jesus, because he could come today. He could come in 2021, but we have to live in such a way that we anticipate the blessed hope at any time and at any moment because Jesus, mark my word, Jesus will split the clouds. He will come and he will take us out of this dying, corrupt world and we're going to spend eternity with him. I love this because anybody gets to go. They just have to choose. They just have to say, okay, okay. Okay, Titus chapter two, verse 11. I'm gonna get off onto some other stuff if I don't get into this. Titus 2, 11, Paul says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people, everyone. Okay, now this grace of God, look at it, it says it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age so that that grace of God gives you the ability to say, nah, not gonna do that. Not gonna go rob that bank next week, okay? While we, look, while we wait for the, what is that there? The blessed hope. So we, part of what we do while we're waiting for the blessed hope is just simply live right. Live right. Now, he goes on to explain what the blessed hope is. He says, it is the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own who are eager to what? Do what is good. That's what this is about. So God has redeemed us. He has actually bought us and he's purified us already through salvation. He purifies us so that we can do what is good. And he says, this then are the things you should teach. Titus, come on, teach this to people. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. That little last part, I left that in there on purpose because some of you are leaders and some of you are standing at the helm of maybe an organization or a family, uh, a, a, a group of people that meet together. I don't know. But that last little part is for somebody right here. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Don't even let people despise you. Why would people despise you? It's because you're not encouraging and rebuking. It doesn't say, don't let anybody not like you because people don't like it necessarily. But when you do that, people can't despise you, right? Just, that's a little, just a little thing for those of you who are leading anyone, okay? So, so really what I'm doing right here is I'm doing, and really what I do each week is I'm doing what the Apostle Paul says that a pastor should do, and I'm teaching on these things. And why? It's because there is a time, there is a place, there is something in the future, and we, we, we use the general term heaven. I think it's okay to use that general term heaven for what's going to be happening, but it's a time of no pain. It's a time of no tears. This is the holy dwelling of the Most High God, and get this, we're going to live with him. And you and I, we can't even begin to comprehend the splendor. Guys, this is where we're going to spend eternity. 
there are these little images of what heaven would look like, cartoons of little fluffy clouds and puffy angels. And, and I, I will be, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but that's not it. If you think you're going to be sitting on a cloud playing a harp all day and your finger's getting tired, no, that's not it. What, what I did is I, I got excited. I've just been thinking about heaven recently. It's, it's okay to think about heaven. We should. I've been thinking about heaven, thinking about eternity. And, and what I did is, is I just went through the scriptures. What does the Bible say all about heaven? Now, I'm not going to try to cover it all, but I have a few brief things here that I, that I want to bring up because I want you to get a good picture because this is where you're going to be someday. When the blessed hope happens, Jesus returns, you are going to this place, all right? Here's what to expect. First of all, we will dwell in mansions with Jesus. I mean, he is preparing literal houses, mansions for us. A few weeks ago, I was doing a wedding ceremony at what I later found out was the largest mansion in the state of Texas. I'm telling you guys, when I drove up to this place, this, I thought, this place is crazy big, and it's a real home. And, and so I explored it, and it's, it was just opulent and stunning and 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 I was I was just thinking this this place and I had a picture of it I don't know if you guys are able to show it or not but but this place is so amazing and and as I walked through that place I went all the way up and there's like several levels I mean you just keep going and going and going up I, I just went through and explored it nobody else was exploring it most people were on the ground floor talking to each other it's like hey people this is great but I'm gonna go explore this mansion I, I had a good time and I just walked around I thought how in the world could I, how could anyone build something like this and I got to the very top up to the very top of the dome and looking over this and looking down I thought man Beverly Hillbillies didn't have anything like this. And uh, those of you who are 50 or above, you definitely know what I'm talking about. They didn't have any of, anything like this. And, and I was enthralled with the place. And I got to the very top, and I felt this. I just felt this. I don't know whether it's God talking to me or just some Bible knowledge coming back to me. But I thought, what is this? My mansion in heaven isn't even going to compare to this. This is kind of like one of those mother-in-law cottages, right? This, is, this right here is like a shack compared to what we're going to have in heaven. Hey, guys, I long for heaven. And the nice thing is your mansion will need no repairs. Your plumbing will work. Your roof will be fine. Everything's going to work good. <laughs> my hope, my hope is that Jesus will return very, very soon. And we're going to worship. Here's another thing. Here's another point about heaven. We're going to worship with multitudes in the city of the living God. I mean, this is people, more people than anyone can number. The entire worldwide church of God in this perfect, perfect city. This is, a, uh, the, this is really the story of God's people. And the, guy, the story of God's people, it started off rural. It started in a garden. It started out in the boondocks, you know, and then it ended up in this fabulous city, spectacular, built by God's design, a place of unimaginable blessing, the city of the living God. When Jesus comes, the blessed hope, that's going to be where we're going to go. 
Also, another aspect of heaven is that all nations and people groups are going to gather there to worship Jesus. All nationalities, every skin tone, every subgroup of people since the dawn of creation will be enthralled with one person, and that is our God, that is Jesus Christ. And we're going to be worshiping him with voices that are perfect. A little bit ago, you might have been singing and saying, my voice doesn't sound all that great. Don't worry, you're going to get to heaven. It's going to sound great. It's going to feel great. You might be worshiping sometimes like, well, my feet are tired or my arms are tired. You won't get tired. Actually, it'll be the biggest rush of adrenaline you've ever felt. You will be consumed in worship of Jesus in heaven. That is my hope when Jesus returns. I get to do that. Also, heaven is about this. We're going to abide in continual peace, joy, and praise. Peace, joy, and praise. Peace, joy, and praise. Think of the opposite of peace. Think of the opposite of joy. Think of the opposite of praise. That kind of sounds like life on this earth a lot, doesn't it? But you're going to have peace, joy. Jesus is going to wipe away every single tear from your eye. All of your sorrow is going to be turned into joy. You're going to rest in the shade of his presence. There will, the scripture says there will be no hunger. There will be no more thirst. You won't even get too hot. And for those of, you, those of us who live here in Texas, <laughs> we understand what that's about. It's like that song, that old Negro spiritual song called Amazing Grace says, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we've first begun. I used to love hearing that. We used to sing that song a lot when I was a kid, Uh, maybe once every three or four months, but I love that last verse because the last verse was about heaven continual peace and joy and praise. And that's my future, and that's your future. So I long for the return of Jesus Christ. Another thing about heaven, it's going to be brilliantly beautiful. It will be adorned with precious gems. Okay, when I study, I go into rabbit holes, okay? So, so it can take me hours and hours and hours and it just to develop one point. And this point, I don't know how many hours I spent on it, but I sure did enjoy it because I looked up all of these gems and I looked and I'm telling you guys, this is some beautiful stuff. I can't imagine what this is really going to look like. But here are the gems. Scripture says there'll be jasper, crystal, sapphire, chalcedony, chalcedony. I don't even know how to even say that, but I looked it up. It's pretty cool. Emerald, sardonyx, sardius, crystallite, jacinth, amethyst. And Jesus is going to use all that to decorate heaven. Jesus is coming. He's going to take us there. Here's another one. There are going to be these gates of pearl and streets of gold, and they're going to accent the atmosphere. Now, there are these 12 gates that will be made out of one pearl. And I've always read through that and gone, that just doesn't make sense to me. I keep going on. How do you get a giant pearl? Well, that, that, that just, and, and so I stopped this time and, and I, I prayed. I, I pray for God to give me revelation. And I don't know if this is revelation or not, but I tell you what, this is powerful, what came to my heart. I was, I was reading that and I felt the Holy Spirit say, how are pearls made? Well, it's like, yeah, they're made like in, in the, the heart of an oyster, inside of an oyster, an irritant gets in there, something that irritates and that kind of pushes you the wrong way, like a little piece of sand, and the oyster releases something very similar to tears. 
And those tears begin to be released, and it covers the sand. And it's, but the tears don't stop. They keep going, and they keep going, and they keep going. And the longer that, longer that fluid just keeps going, the, long, the, the larger and larger the pearl becomes. It's this tear-like substance that creates the pearls. Why are the gates going to be made out of pearls? Because when we walk through those gates... Psalm 56 says God is storing up our tears in heaven. Did you know that? Could the tears that are being stored up in heaven literally be how the gates of pearl are formed? And when we walk through those gates of pearl, we're going to say, my tears of all the junk I faced in life, it's created this. Jesus is saying, welcome home. And you get in there, and there are these streets of solid gold. Scripture says that it's transparent because it's so pure. My goodness, I was walking over from the office a few minutes ago, and I smelled asphalt. And I just thought, thank God when I get to heaven, I won't smell asphalt. That is so nice. I can't wait. I'm going to want to be in heaven. And, and Jesus, when he comes, when he comes, that is our blessed hope. He's going to take us there. I, I got to show you a little bit more. I'm, I'm, I was going to say, I'm sorry I'm telling you so much about this, but I'm not. Okay, light is going to emanate from Jesus himself. There's not even going to be a need for a sun or a moon. No night. In fact, Jesus himself will be the light. And I've always tried to, try to understand that, and I can't understand it. I can't comprehend it. But this light, it's going to go through walls. In fact, we know that in, in the New Testament, after Jesus came back from the grave, he walked through walls. And so, so we will probably be able to do the same, but, the, but light will be everywhere, and it won't even cast shadows. And on top of that, there will be no UVs, so, which is kind of nice. You don't have to worry about any of those issues, no sunburn. Heaven, heaven, is Jesus' return. That is my one hope. Scripture also tells us in Revelation 2 and in chapter 22 that we're going to feast from the tree of life, which is going to be at the center of the city. Now, this is the tree that was in the garden in Genesis. Now we find it in the center of the city in heaven. Therefore, there will be no sickness and no disease and no dying and no suffering. You might do some diarying. Yeah, you might do some diary, your diary, but, but there will be no suffering. There will be no pain. There will be no he, there will be healing. There will only be life. You don't have to make another trip to Walgreens. You don't need your paleo diet up there. Essential oils will be non-essential. And healthcare professionals, you're going to have a lot of free time on your hand. You see, the tree of life in the Garden of Eden it preserved life. There could be no sickness and nothing because they could continually eat from the tree of life. You see, when, when Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden, they would no longer have access to the tree of life, which meant disease and darkness and death was going to come on them. But that tree has been preserved. That tree is in eternity. That's heaven. Come on, Jesus. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17 says this, look at this passage of scripture. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. Come. Okay, who is the bride? The bride is the body of Christ. The bride is the body of Christ, Christians. So it says the spirit, that's the spirit of God 
and Christians say, this is what we do. We say, come. We say, come. We say, come. We say, come. We're telling people to come. And it says, and let the one who hears say, come. Okay, so that's the one who is responding to what other believers are saying and what the Spirit of God is saying. They are also telling others, hey, come. I heard, and I'm going to go. Come on, come with me. This is the chain reaction that God wants to set up. This is what we're all about right here. It's our call to follow Jesus, and that call beckons others and others and others. It says, and, and here's what the call is. It says, come, let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who wishes Take the free gift of the water of life. All you have to do is desire it and go. That's so simple. And we have a job to do. And guys, heaven is waiting. I don't want any empty mansions in heaven because somebody was supposed to be witnessed to on this earth, but they didn't make it into heaven. So we have that one hope, which is the soon return of Jesus. But next we have this one calling, which is making Jesus known. It's the Great Commission. We have to fulfill this calling and say, come, there's a wonderful eternity ahead. I had a memory this week of something that happened years ago. I haven't thought about it in so, so long. But I was driving down the road, and, and I had seen a car accident, and, which is kind of normal for us here in the Metroplex. We see those things all the time. Uh, and then my mind went back to something that happened when I was about four years old. My family and I, I remember it was my three older brothers and my parents, we were in our station wagon. We were driving down some highway in Washington State. That's where we lived at the time. And there was a commotion up ahead, and there was smoke, and there was, it was, it was kind of a scary thing, and looking at that as a, kid, I, my, dad, my dad said, what's that up there? What happened? What happened? And I remember my dad slowing down, and he pulled off the road where people were getting out of their cars and checking on this, and there was a horrible accident. There was a car that had, that had just plowed straight into a tree, obviously, at a very high rate of speed. I, I can remember the, the tree just being right there. The, the car is here, and the tree seems to be right in the middle of it. It was it was an ugly sight, and it was one of those huge trees up in the northwest. The tree just stood there, and this car was just up against it, and I saw smoke and steam, and, and it looked terrible. And, and my dad said, kids, stay here. And, and I said, Daddy, I want to go. And my mom says, no, you're staying right here. And my mom said, let's just pray. Dad went over there, and he was gone for what seemed like hours, but it was probably about 20 minutes. Dad came back, and my dad was just, my dad was white, and my dad has like red skin like me. We're, we're red skins. It's our Cherokee, but when you see a Cherokee turn white, it's just like, wow. And Dad, Dad got in the car. He was very, very sober, and he just sat there. It's like, What happened? What happened? He said, there are four teenagers in this car. And one of them was, they're all, they all mangled, and one of them even had the, the seatbelt. They, they, he was even wearing a seatbelt back in those days, but the seatbelt had even torn. 
and the others that weren't wearing seatbelts were just thrown throughout the car. And, and he said, they're all alive when I got there. And I pushed my way through the others, and I said, I'm a, I'm a minister. And he went to the ones who looked the worst, and he began to talk to them and pray with them. He said, give your life to Jesus. He prayed each of those four people into the kingdom. And then bam, 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 they lost their lives. That said, they, they died right there. <clears throat> and as about that time, the ambulances and the police were coming. and It was over. But was it over? Actually, I believe my dad led four people to Jesus that are going to be in heaven. But they have mansions because of that one act. Who out there is going to receive the message of Christ from you? Who is it? See, we have a calling. We have to get this out. Scripture tells us, and this is in Matthew 28, 19. This is the second of the scriptures I asked you to look up. Our calling is found in Matthew 28, 19. It says this, go. You got to be on the go. Get out of the comfort of your home and go and make disciples of all nations. You may say, well, Right now, we can't do traveling because everything's restricted. Oh, it's not as restricted as you think. But, uh, but all nations literally means all ethnos. That means all people groups. Do you realize that this city right here, Fort Worth, is one of the most diverse cities in the United States of America? So many people come from all over the world that are right here. And, and within those, those people groups, there are subgroups of people. There are so many people groups. And cultures in and of themselves. Scripture says we're to go into all ethnos, cultures, people groups. Every grouping of people, whether it's here in this city or around the world, and this church is committed to this, but I, but I, I want you to do more than just say, well, I'm a part of a church that's committed to this. I want you to be committed to it because the church is you. And if you're committed to it, then the church is committed to it. Yeah. It says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Can't wait for water baptism. We'll be doing it again. Uh, my, I don't know when. Sometime in January, right? I, th I think so. It's on the calendar. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So it's making, winning people to Christ, making disciples, baptizing them, teaching them. We all, you say, well, I can't necessarily do all of that. Well, some of you can, but, but we all have a role to play in this. Salvation, discipleship, teaching, spiritual growth. In fact, we're going to hear a lot about that next Sunday in my vision for 2021. But here's the truth, church. We will not be silent because I feel strongly that there's a great harvest of souls that is coming right around the corner. And I believe this is that God is about ready to unleash his power like never before. And I'm not going to be sitting in a corner, sitting and hiding out when all of this begins to happen. No, I want to be at the helm of this. I want to be at the helm of this. God's doing amazing stuff. Christmas, I, 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 I received the best Christmas gift ever this year. Ever. It wasn't one of the dad gifts that you get when you, you know, get this age. It was a gift that literally lifted me out of just a sad state that I've felt for a while. Can I tell you about my Christmas gift? 
A brother who's closest to me in age, just a few years older than me, lives here in the metro area. I mean, still it's a two and a half hour drive, but it's still the metro area. You, you do get that, don't you? But I haven't heard back from him in two and a half years. And my brother had messaged me a few weeks ago and saying, I'd love to see you. And I was like, you would? Oh, okay, great, great, great. And, and so I tried to set something up. It didn't work out. And so when I was at home with my parents, I said, I, I, she, my, my mom said, I've got these gifts for your brother. And, and I said, I'll deliver them. That, that way he'll have to meet with me. And so we're going to set this up. So we, we set this up, and I was going to deliver the gifts to him. And sat down in a little Taco Bueno, and I sat there waiting for him not really knowing what was about to come because I'll tell you, there was not a good relationship there. I sat there and I waited, I waited. This guy walked through the door and I kept looking at each person walking through the door. I thought, no, that's not him. No, that's not him. This other guy walks in and out, that's not him. And he walked, that guy that I said, no, that's not him, walked up to my table. I didn't recognize my own brother. He walked up to my table and put his arms out and said, so good to see you, brother. Now, God is my witness. I never remember receiving a hug from my brother. It was the first time ever. If it happened somewhere back, I think maybe our parents forced us to hug like when we were fighting years ago, but he gave me a hug. And he sat down and I looked into his eyes. It's like, I mean, you, his eyes didn't look the same. His demeanor didn't look the same. His voice didn't sound the same. He said, I'm a new creation. We lived our lives in the same home. We're raised the same way. I chose one route. You chose another. But after all these years, I've given my life to Jesus. And I'm serving him with all my heart. My brother began to tell me his story things that I didn't know, the pain he'd walked through, and addictions, and heartache, and uh, then he began to just cry and cry and cry, and he said, will you forgive me for the things I've done? And he said, I mean, all the way back to when we were kids. And I said, I can't remember that except you beat me up sometimes. But that was about, he started naming things. I said, I don't remember. He would tell me stories. I go, okay, yeah, I do kind of remember that. But one thing after another, after another, after another. And I listened to my brother talk. I, I, I kept waiting for like a punchline here. It's like, is this real? <laughs> I'm serious. Is this is this real? Huh? It was real. My brother gave his life to Jesus. Man, we it's it's cool because we like we we call and text each other now and get responses and it's it's amazing. He said, "Tim, I'm writing my first sermon." I didn't tell him this, but I'm thinking I'd love for him to do his first sermon right here, but. Here's what I recalled, though. 
I went home that night and I thought about just the miracle that had happened. And that night I had a dream. I had a dream of a, of a church where I served on staff many, many years ago. It was a, and it was in this dream, it was a three-story building that was being built <clears throat> at that church, which I remember well. And like, why am I dreaming about that? I mean, that was just a construction program. But then I woke up in the morning and I felt the Holy Spirit said, what is your prayer request that's under that building? See, back in 1985, my brother had gone off the grid again for years. Didn't know where he was. And that's the point when I started praying for his salvation. And, 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 that, and, and what the pastor did is on the dedication day of the, the groundbreaking day of that property, we, we filled out these little cards, and we were to write a prayer request on that card. And they, were going to, they had this cool chest, and they would put it inside the chest and bury it under the ground, under the foundation before it was laid. And, uh, and he said, every time you see this building... You're going to come back and you're going to remember that prayer request. Now, I don't know whether anybody else remembered that prayer request, but theirs, but I remembered mine. And for years, because I worked at every, I would see that building. I would pray for my brother. I would see that building. I'd pray for my brother. I'd even, even late, I would drive, whenever I drive over there, I see that building. I pray for my brother. It's like, okay, okay, I don't know why this keeps going over and over in my mind. That was so many years ago. But that prayer request, God then reminded me, your prayers have counted. Your words of love have counted. Guys, even more amazing, my brother said, Tim, God sent a person to let me know that you really, really love me. And I said, well, what? Tell me about that. And he said, you were doing a wedding rehearsal here in, in downtown Fort Worth, and somebody approached you. Remember that? I was like, well, yeah. Well, there's this young lady who approached me, and she said, are you Wendell Woody's brother? And I was like, yeah. Uh, she says, well, I know him. He goes to my church. And I said, that is great. I said, let's do a selfie. You send it to him and give him this message. And the message was, I love you, brother. God bless you. And let's do a selfie here to prove that we were here, that we, we did this. And, and <clears throat> she passed along the message. And when she saw him at church, he was, see, my, my brother has gone to church off and on through the years, but never really served God. He, he, he just said, you know, I've gone to church, but I don't serve God. But now he does. But he said, this lady said, I saw your brother. The first thing he did is said, well, what did he say? I said, well, he loves you. And, and he's, that's, and he, he, he said, I started crying and crying. And uh, he said, that was like a breaking point. You don't know what your words of love and your prayers are doing, and your witnessing is doing. We have this calling, and it is to reach the lost of the gospel of Jesus. And finally, one word. One calling is making disciples and getting the word of God out, teaching and preaching. The final one is your one word, and that's how I'm wrapping today up. On the e-community, uh, they should be dropping in a little link right there, but you can also go to the, either the City Life website or to the City Life app and pull up your one word. So look for the one word section. In fact, in here you can find the one word section in the City Life app. There are also cards on your seats in here. And 
I'm going to ask you to select one word that's going to make your 2021 laser focused, and God can give it to you that quick, okay? just really quick. Hebrew chapter, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, this is the final scripture I'm sharing with you today. It makes us clear on how to do this. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Kind of like push everything aside, guys. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What is the name of the race marked out for you over this next year? Now, here's where you will begin to speak prophetically over your life. There is a, there's a prophetic spirit where God is speaking to you right now. One simple word. <clears throat> Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Get rid of what's weighing you down mentally right now and just focus. See, hell wants you scattered and frustrated and aimless. God wants you focused. The culture wants you fragmented and frustrated. God wants you focused. And we be when you begin to hone in on this one thing that God has already decided for you, and you just need to tune into what God's saying right now, that is going to drive you, and you are going, then you are going to be laser focused in 2021. And your focus is going to be just the simple one thing. Life will actually become more simple. I've been doing this for years, and it simplifies my life. It really does. Your prophetic destiny, your prophetic steps you're to be taking over these next few weeks, the next several months, it can be encapsulated into one word. <clears throat> I believe that with all my heart. Your one word will bring you spiritual well-being that can push you toward physical well-being it can motivate you toward emotional and relational well-being and mental well-being and financial well-being and and well-being in your calling as you pursue him this last year my word this year my word has been arise 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 god gave that to me at the end of last year and i thought well that's an interesting word arise what am i going to have to stand that means you're going to stand up under something and and uh and stand up and and because there's a lot pushing down on you boy i understand that now i have that that word i I've, I've used it every single day this year and this year i'm telling you guys i have had to make the choice to stand up under heavy resistance and some pretty intense pain then god has given me a word i believe it's from god you don't have to make it too mystical. It's pretty simple. But God, I believe God has given me a word for 2021 for me, and that is roar. R-O-A-R. -R, roar. I already have ordered a hat that has roar written right across the top. I'll be wearing it as soon as I get it from Amazon, you know. But that's the, what this means is I will not be silent. I will not hunker down. I will take risks, and I will let my voice be heard as God speaks through me. May the lion of the tribe of Judah roar through me. That's my desire. That's my passion. That's my laser focus. I want you to look at your one-word card, or if you're looking at the uh, app or the, the link that's been provided for you, You'll notice that there are four questions, four ways, four questions to ask, which helps to determine what your one word is. What is God saying to you now? Because God spe is speaking something to you right now, possibly even through this message. Second, what area of your life does God want to use? What is there in that particular area of your life that may be undeveloped? It may even be developed, but it needs to be used more because God wants to partner with you, okay? How? And then here's the next one. What area of your life does God want to transform? So it could be a transformational area uh, that, that God wants to turn something around. Your one word could be something that needs to be transformed. And fourth, what does God, how does God want to position you for 2021? Just like focused light 
becomes a laser and can cut through steel. A life focused with one word will cut through your status quo. One word, it's simple and it's powerful. And I believe that simplicity, when it's done right, it will always just be right in alignment with God wants. I want you to begin to consider what that word is. And I'm, I'm having a different close to our service today. We're not closing yet, but I want you to fill out that card or, or, or do the form. <clears throat> and Joel, I want you to come on up. As this, as this sermon was brewing in my heart several weeks ago, I'd kind of thrown some of these three points together and, and, and I, I put this together and, and it was... It was, just, it was just sitting there. Sometimes, usually a sermon starts weeks and weeks and weeks before I preach it, but it was just kind of sitting there. And Joel sends, sends me an email. Joel Black, he sends, sends me, I've known Joel forever, but he sends me an email and said, hey, here's a song. And, and I, I got the song and I listened to it and I listened to the lyrics and I said, I thought, that, that's actually my sermon that I'm preaching <laughs> At the end of the year, I messaged him back. Said Joel, "That's I don't I, either. You've hacked into my computer, or you've heard from God. One of the two. Because <clears throat> Joel, I mean, I I, don't, I didn't know you were that smart, but you did that. <laughs> so it was amazing. Well, you didn't know I could. Well, you know, wait, we, it's all right. We're friends. No, but but I believe Joel heard from God, and he wrote this song. And I said, Joel, that's actually a musical presentation of this sermon. And, and I said, will you, will you sing that song for us at the close of our service, last service of the year? So yeah. So as Joel sings the song, I want you to fill out your one-word card, fill it out. The ushers are going to pass baskets here in just a moment and collect your cards. If you've submitted to the e-community, submit it online, and we'll be, we'll be able to get those and and, and uh, let, let people know. We're not going to share your one word with anyone. We're not going to say Bob's one word is this, but we're going to share the individual words later on. But I'm going to ask you just to take a few moments and write, fill this card out. And Joel, I want you to take it away. Sing the song. Listen to the words of how it really echoes everything I've said today because God wants to take my sermon and put it to music before I wrote the sermon. God bless you. So I've been working on this song for eh, most of the year. And... Um, it has several messages over the year, over the last year and a half, that have come out of this body. And one of them is Tim's word for the year. Another is all the changes to this facility to make room for what God has next. Um, another is the idea that the light of God exists in each one of us, and as we come together as a congregation, it's brighter. And so we're opening the windows of this place to let the light out not just to let the light in, to let our light out. And then finally, the Samaritan woman at the well, who after her experience with Jesus said, come and see, come and see a man that told me everything I ever did. This is Arise. Doors make room for blessing like never before. 
Open the windows and light up the world. Overflow favor in the day of the Lord. Well, arise, arise. Come and see the glory, the glory of God. Arise, arise. Come and see the power of God. Every tear will be wiped away. Come and see the glory. Come and see the power of God. the shame. Comfort the broken in Jesus' name. Well, arise, arise. Come and see the glory, the glory of God. Arise, arise. Come and see the power of God. Every tear will be wiped away. Come and see the glory. service, an act of love, do you realize you're actually, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that goes into heaven that begins to produce an eternal reward for you 
forever, forever, forever. Some of you, know, you many of you, you may work a job and, and you may be, let's say you get paid by the hour. So every hour you work, there's, there's, there's some money that, that will come into your bank account, but then it gets spent a few weeks later, or sometimes it gets spent the same day you get the check. But you know what? Every, everything that you're doing, it is, there's, there are wages for this that are being stored up in heaven that's like collecting and compounding interest that's, that's creating an incredible reward for you. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. There's a difference in heaven. You see, anyone who accepts Christ gets into heaven. But in heaven, all will not be equal. It will will be simply based upon what you have done on this earth for Christ. And then Jesus goes on to say, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. One hope, one calling, one word. That is what God is calling us to this year. If you're here this morning or you're watching on the e-community and you've not given your life to Christ, I want you to make the decision to step into eternity right now. If you need your sins forgiven, this is your moment. Everyone in this room, just move to a position of, of humility before God and just say, God, search my heart. Search my heart. Search my heart. If you need to give your life to Christ, I want you to pray these words with me right now. Pray these words. In fact, congregation, will you pray these as an encouragement to those who may be praying around you right now? Everyone pray. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me with your precious blood. I turn away from my old life, and I embrace the new life that you have given me. I am looking forward to that one hope, your soon return. I choose to follow you in this one calling of getting the message out and teaching others about you. And I choose to live by the one word that you have given me for this next year. I choose a life that is laser focused for you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. I'm Gaston Elizabeth. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.